Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the Amy Ayler Show. This is episode 209. We are going to awaken. We are going to awaken even further. And you can see here on this screen with me, those of you that are watching via video, that I have my dear friend, Julie Santiago with us. She is truly a gift on this planet. She has a brand new book out in the world called Awaken, which I highly recommend (laughs) dropping everything and going over to juliesantiago.com forward slash book. My team will be posting it in the comments below and receiving not only your copy, but I always recommend three copies because I want you to have a copy of the book for yourself, a copy of the book for a friend that you know is feeling a little bit lost right now, And then also just to keep a copy, an extra copy on your shelf. And then when you're having friends over, or maybe you have a little women's circle that comes over to your house or a mom's circle or what have you, and someone's sitting there in tears feeling really lost, you can say, I have the perfect gift for you. And then you can look like a rock star and hand them Awaken. So let me tell you a little bit more about Julie, and then we're going to dive into a really soulful, deep conversation. Julie is a former Wall Street trader turned inspirational coach, spiritual teacher, and really a woman who has dedicated her life to helping women release the blocks of fear and walk their true path and really come home to themselves. You can see why Julie and I are so aligned. I'll tell you, Julie and I met um, about six years ago when she had just left her Wall Street job and she enrolled in a program that I was co-leading with my dear friend, Christina Rilo called the Inner Wisdom Golden Circle. And in that circle, Julie stood up with her knees knocking and said the words, I wanna be an inspirational, motivational speaker. And I'll never forget, I looked her straight in the eyes and said, you already are an inspirational, motivational teacher, speaker and catalyst and coach and woman because that is truly who Julie is to her core. We've now gone through many iterations of being dear friends, mastermind buddies, colleagues, women who support each other on a deep level, and I could not be more thrilled to have her here on the Amy Miller Show. Julie, thank you so much for being here, darling. It is such a gift to be with you, as always, and what a journey. I know, right? (laughs) What a journey we walked. I mean, it's been six years. It was six years this month, right, that we were together for the first time, and holy moly, what a journey. What a journey. Yes. Well, and I feel like your journey is the perfect place for us to start because, you are so inspiring. And I feel like your journey of really walking away from such a lucrative Wall Street job to go and pursue your own spiritual quest as a human being is so inspiring. So will you share a little bit about that with everyone? Yeah. 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 You know, (laughs) so one of the things that I know to be true about myself is that, um, I have been an achievement addict my entire life. And I talk a lot about that um, in the book um, of what it's like growing up, feeling like um, in order to be worthy and to have value, I need to accomplish things. And I got really good at accomplishing things. (laughs) 
Yes, you did. <laughs> and you know, I mean, the list goes on and on yeah. the awards and the achievements and the gold yeah. stars and, yeah. and, and, and yeah. the boxes and all of that. And went to a, um, a great college. And then, um, the next step was to get a great job. And what everyone seemed to be doing on, in the Northeast where I went to college was, um, going into finance. And so, these, you know, people came and um, I interviewed because like, it's the next thing to achieve and they wanted to hire me. <laughs> um, so I found myself as a, you know, 22 year old girl from Louisiana, moving to New York City and walking onto a trading floor with hundreds of people who all sit and desks right next to each other and loving it. Right. I mean, loving it in the sense that it fed that <laughs> junkie and yes, that addiction, that addiction. <laughs> yes. Look how important I am. Yeah. And, um, and I did the job really well, really well. And I talk about this a little bit. And I mean, you know, this part of my story that I worked in New York for about two years, hated it, had the courage to quit once moved to South America to volunteer. Cause I was like, well, maybe if I'm not um, maybe if I'm serving and giving everything, then I'll be happy. Okay. So I'm not happy in yeah. New York with this job, with the money. Well, maybe if I sell everything and volunteer and that seems magnanimous, then I'll be happy. And that didn't make me happy either. And then I came back to the U S and moved to San Francisco and picked up where I left off at the wall street job at this time on the West coast and did it for all of my twenties. And there were parts of it that were amazing. And there were parts of it that were absolutely horrible. And what comes, <laughs> what it all comes down to is that I was lying to myself, right? Mm -hmm. There are plenty of men and women who Wall Street may be the perfect fit for them. This right. isn't enough on Wall Street or on corporate living. It's no. necessary and important and amazing. If it's your truth, mm. it just wasn't my truth. Mm. And it, and it, and I lied to myself about that for some time. And I go into great detail about the ways that I tried to push down that knowing. And you, Amy, is the expert on the inner mean girl and on the inner wisdom. My inner wisdom was like, I shoved her into a corner right. for three years. <laughs> and I was like, don't you talk to me. No, 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 no. And then finally, like all things, eventually um, she got louder and louder and louder and louder. And I couldn't ignore her anymore. And that's really what catalyzed ultimately um, ultimately my bigger awakening journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like, okay, well, here's the question that I want to ask you. I love that you said that you were lying to yourself because of course my first book, big fat lies, women tell themselves is all about <laughs> that. The lies that we tell ourselves, especially as women. And I'm curious for you, you, you know, you said that there might be people that are working on wall street or that are working, you know, in whatever career they are, where that's actually really aligned for them, Absolutely. that that's their truth. What are the signs that you've, that for you, and I know you've worked with countless women since then, mm -hmm. women in particular, and I know men as well, where like, what were the signs for you that you were off track, like yeah. out of alignment with your truth? Yeah. Great. Great question. So I think there's two primarily both that happened for me and that I've seen in the women that I work with. One's physical, one's emotional. Well, actually, I could probably say there's three, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Okay, so great. 
Yeah. So let's start with physical first. I believe, and this is what I've seen, this has happened to me and in most all of my clients is that for women particularly, and especially strong willed women, sometimes we have to have our backs against the wall with our hair on fire for us to do anything about changing (laughs) our lives. Yeah. Because we have a really high tolerance for just getting shit done and um, pushing through, pushing through. through, Right. And, um, and so ultimately what happened for me and what I feel like happens for many women is that our bodies speak to us first Mm. because our, we can lie to ourselves all day long, but when the body starts speaking to us, it's much harder to keep that lie going. So that looks like, um, you know, autoimmune stuff. It looks like getting sick a lot. It looks like digestion problems. It looks like throwing your back out. It looks like headaches. It looks like it's, it seems like it's just physical, but it's oftentimes the way our body is trying to let us know that something in our physical life is out of alignment. And the only way it can get it's our attention when we've put our inner wisdom in the corner is when it's speaking to us in the physical. So we can't deny that something's happening. So that's what happened for me for sure. Yeah. Um, the physical piece, I think also, and this is also kind of combination with the emotional piece is, um, numbing happens a lot, right? Numbing. So I talk about this in the book. There's really two types of women. There's fixers and there's avoiders. (laughs) And we're usually a combination of both of those, but we typically have one we go to. And so the fixers are like, I'm just going to keep working. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix all the things. Um, you know, I'm going to solve the problem. The avoiders are like, this is too much. I can't deal with this. I'm going to have a half a bottle of wine tonight. I'm going to eat ice cream before I go to bed uh, every night. Um, I'm going to zone out on social media or watch hours of television. So there's that feeling of like avoiding. And then what that leads to emotionally is this feeling of emptiness in some way. So all the women who come to me are like, there has to be something more. I don't know what that is but there has to be something more that I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And this isn't necessarily just about your job, right? This can be about your relationship, your general purpose, et cetera. So that's how it kind of manifests emotionally. And then spiritually, it's the sense of, uh, again, it's that sense of emptiness and wanting more. And what we're really longing for is a deeper connection with our true self. Yes. Okay. So I want to pull out a few things there. So I just, for everyone that's watching right now or listening right now, just want you to do a check-in with yourself. Let's first go to that check-in with your physical body. Is there something going on for you physically? Like Julie was saying, your back, a headache, you know, chronic health issues, digestion issues, or whatever it is. Is there something physically going on right now And when you tune into that for a moment, not from a place of judgment, not from a place of shame, not from your inner mean girl, as I would say, but from that place of your inner wisdom, from that place of curiosity, if you were to get curious about that, is your body trying to tell you something? And if there were a message underneath that, what would that message be? And I just want to welcome your comments. For those of you that are watching on the Facebook live, feel free to comment below of like, 
know, the first thing that's coming to me is my migraines are about X, Y, Z or my digestions. Yeah, I have digestion stuff and I'm going to get curious about that, whatever it is. And those of you on the zoom right now with us, feel free to pop that in the chat as well. Just check in with your physical body. And then the second thing I want you to do is I want you to check in with yourself emotionally. You said something so brilliant, Julie, that there are the fixers and there are the avoiders. And I'm curious, which one are you out yourself right now? Are you the fixer or are you the avoider? And I know for me, I'm totally the avoider. I love my crazy television. I love, you know, I've been known to drink a bottle of wine on occasion, right? Like I know the right, like and for some women that shows up as overspending over, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Relationships, yes. right? Like, mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. So it's like, which one of those are you? Okay, we have Amy saying, my body is screaming at me, not happy in her job, and that she's a serious avoider. Yes, DR says a bit of both fixer while drinking wine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel, you. I feel that you. That was me. That was me, DR. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kimberly says completely avoider. Yeah, and I'm going to just pop over to the Facebook page here and see what we got going on there. But I just think this is so important for people to really take a look at that. And to be able to like, cause I just think that that is so brilliant. And then finally, it's like, what, what are the, you know, spiritually, do you feel that sensation of there's got to be something more than this? Yeah. You know, and I, it has me, rem- um, gosh, Julie, the, this just flashed through my mind as I was saying that, do you remember in that movie, as good as it gets yeah. that, um, there was that moment when Jack Nicholson said, what if this is as good as it gets? And it was like, I just got chills thinking of that and that, and that longing, that feeling of, wow, what if this is as good as it gets? What if this is it? And then really having to reckon with that spiritually for ourselves. And then instead of expecting all the external things in our world to need to change in order to feed us, it's about awakening, which is exactly what your book is about. Yeah. Oh, that is so, what came to my mind as you were saying that Amy is, um, what if this is as good as it gets? Okay. So, um, one of the things that we, we talked a little bit about the, the, the subtitle of the book is this, the six sacred steps yeah. to remember who you are and why you're yeah. here. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about the first two steps as it relates. Beautiful. Perfect. Because, yeah. because one of the reasons that I found that, um, we fix or avoid is because there's some part of our life that isn't in alignment. Yes. What I mean by that is there's some part of our life that we're just not being completely honest with ourselves. Yes. About whether or not it's what we want. Yeah. Because we all do this. We all do it. We go through the motions and maybe something that worked for some point in time no longer works. Yeah. And that may be a job, that may be a relationship. It may be just the general status of your life or do you feel purposeful or useful or it may be family, children, the list goes on. But what often happens is we're so afraid that if we admit this is out of alignment, that we're gonna have to do something about it. Right. Right? that we're gonna have to burn down our lives and shake everything up. Yeah. And so that's scary. Yes. And so, and so we say, no, thank you. Right. I'll put Band-Aids on it to fix it. 
I'll drink wine and eat Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> totally. <laughs> avoid it. Yep. I don't want to have to do the work or I don't want to risk losing what I have to be honest with myself. Okay. So the first sacred step is awareness. Mm. That's it. Mm. It's simply pulling all of the stuff out of your closet and looking at it. And if you've ever cleaned your closet, you know how hellacious that can be. (laughs) Yes. Because you've got to look at the stuff you've just been shoving in the closet. So awareness is simply about acknowledging like, hmm, this isn't working. It's saying this is what, this is what's working. And this isn't what's working. Yeah. Out the need to fix or avoid. Just being honest. The second sacred step is acceptance. Wow. And all of us skip this step, really, because we don't want to accept what's going on. We want to ignore it. We want to fix it. We want to whatever. So it's accepting it. It's saying, okay, this is where I am. This is who I am. Mm. And it's okay. Mm. And how can I just be loving and accept where I am in life and what's working and what's not working? Because paradoxically, the only way to change our lives is to accept where we are right now. And that's the part about as good as it gets. Yeah. It's the starting point for change is acceptance. This is so important. And I really want to take like a hot pink highlighter to highlight this, that the awareness is the first step. And of course, in order to be aware, we have to stop fixing and avoiding. We just need to be with the truth of what is, and then to go into that place of acceptance of that this is what is. Do you have any, any tips for women that are coming? Like I see women that are posting right now, you know, talking about ways that they're avoiding or things where, where they know I'm unhappy in this particular thing. And then they go into avoidance or fixing, but how, like, what's a tool that you can give people that are listening to help them go into that space of acceptance? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's two things. So one, I want to say, read the book. Yes. I say that is because this book isn't just a book you read. It's a book you experience at the end of every sacred step. There's questions and there's practices for you. So that's, that's the first piece is like meant to be an interactive experience. That'll take you deeper. And for right now in this moment, you know, I want to say one thing and then I'll give you the practice. Yeah. Oftentimes what we think is what's wrong in our lives (laughs) isn't actually the thing. Mm -hmm. It's a little confusing. And I know that you understand this, right? But it's like, it is so easy to say, if I just changed my job, then I would be happy. (laughs) If my husband could just stop doing that thing, (laughs) then I would be happy. If my mom or my children or my (laughs) friends, whatever it is. Yeah. And so what I really want you to understand is oftentimes the thing we think is what needs to be fixed yeah. on or isn't working isn't always the solution, right? It's like you were talking about the beginning, like this is an inner job. Yeah. I'll give you a quick example and then I'll give you a very practical like awesome. thing to apply. So yeah. 
one of the women who I've taken through, I've, I've taken dozens and dozens of women through these six sacred steps. And the book really emerged from my own experience and their experience. And one of the women, such a beautiful woman came to me and she was like, our very first call, she didn't want to say it, but then she finally said it. I don't like my job. I want to quit my job. I want to have more meaning. I want more purpose. I want to feel better about what I do when I wake up in the morning. So if you took that at face value, you would think the solution is to find another job that fulfills you, right? But during the course of our work together, what she realized is in growing up and becoming a responsible adult, there were stories she was telling herself about who she needed to be in the workplace and in her life. And what she really wanted is freedom. She wanted to be able to run around and feel more expressed and, um, and to be able to have permission, right, to be who she really was. But she was, you know, playing a role in her life is like the responsible one. And so we started to slowly work on giving her permission to let out those aspects of her. Now, by the end of our work together, this woman was offered her dream job. At the beginning <laughs> of our work, she thought she wanted to do this thing. And within eight weeks, she was offered the job she thought she wanted. And when she really looked at it, she was like, that's not what I want. Uh, what I want is to stay in this job and teach meditation classes to my colleagues once a week. Wow. And I want to start a blog about all this spiritual stuff that I'm doing. And I really want a relationship. So oftentimes the thing we think is the problem isn't. Right. The only way we'll get to the bottom of what it is we want is to first to be aware of what we think is off. So that's the first piece. Take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. And at the top, right, what's working on one side and at the other half, right, what's not working? Yep. Set a timer for five or 10 minutes and then just write what's working in your life. What's not working in your life. Okay. That's the first piece. That's the awareness piece. It's simple. Now, the acceptance piece is a little harder because one of the things we have to learn how to do is sit in discomfort mm. without doing anything about it. Mm. So for me, when I find myself wanting sugar, I know it's a red flag that I'm not feeling something yet. Mm. That's simple. Like if I want ice cream and that's not true for everyone, you all have your patterns, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's TV for you, Amy, maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's, you know, um, relationships or, you know, shopping or whatever. Yeah. Shopping, yeah. Like it's different for everyone. Yeah. So at first identify yours. What is yeah. yours? And if you want to comment on that, like, what is yours? Like mine was always food. Always. Mm, mm. Um, what was your, what is yours, Amy? Your main one, would you say? Yeah, I would say it's not as much food anymore, but I would say probably, you know, watching like totally empty television. Like I have shows that are like great. And then I have shows that are just like, feel like a cupcake to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my escapism, you know? Yeah. And so everyone. I zone out, right? Right. I love that. It's like, it's a cupcake. It is. Um, Yeah. And so everyone has theirs. So identify what yours is. What is your main? What is your red flag? Like, what's your red flag? Which is like, I really only go there when I know I'm uncomfortable on the inside. Yes. And then the invitation from that place is when you see that red flag or feel it is to just get curious, right? 
get curious. That's what this acceptance is all about. Getting curious rather than judgmental about yourself. Like, huh, I'm eating a cupcake. Ah, I just watched three hours of shitty TV. <laughs> What's going on? Yes, like, totally. and, and maybe it's a conscious choice we still make. Yeah. The, the invitation is to get curious and you can get curious by taking out your journal and writing, or just simply like putting your hand on your heart and asking yourself, like, what's real? Like, what am I really feeling? Yeah. Like, oh, that was a hard conversation at work today. Or I really didn't feel seen by my partner today. Like, you know, so just get curious. And that's the beginning of learning to accept yeah. what's real and what's here. So beautiful. And I loved your story about your client too, because I remember I, I have a friend named Maria who is an actress in Los Angeles and she was having a really hard time. This was a long time ago you know, like 20, 25 years ago. And her now husband, you know, she was saying, well, you know, if I just get like a series regular, then I'm going to be really happy. And he said, actually, if you get a series regular, you're just going to be a depressed person with a series regular role. <laughs> <laughs> she married him as a reward for this insight, right? Because she was like, oh, right, I get it. And it's that expression, no matter where you go, there you are. And it's like, yeah, how true is that? That if she didn't do that inner work, no matter what the external things is. And you and I both know this over and over again in our own lives, with our clients, with everyone. It's like, oh my gosh, this truly is an inside job. Yeah. And those external factors, the circumstances are really irrelevant in a lot of ways to the way that we can truly accept who we are and love ourselves unconditionally. That's the goal here. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So you mentioned the first two steps, so awareness and then acceptance. Yeah. What, will you tell us the, the other four steps? Oh, cool. oh, of course. Steps. Okay. Go. Um, so, um, one of the things, so what happened, it, it's all, so let me just tell you about the development of these steps. I didn't yes. realize I was walking these steps as I was walking them right. on my path of awakening. Right. But right. what happened is that as I walk after I walk them as I walk them and kind of got on the other side and look back and then begin to witness women walking through them it the patterns developed yeah right and so these six sacred steps it is essentially what we all walk through in our own path of being true to our hearts of remembering yeah. who we are of finding out why we're here and like all of that so um so the first step is awareness the second step is acceptance. And usually in that period, we start to get clear on what we do want. Okay. Wow. Those are the things that aren't working. Here's what I want. Yeah. Um, this third step after that is acknowledgement. And it's all about acknowledging fear. The third step is all about fear. The yeah. subconscious, the conscious fears that hold us back from how having what we want. So we do a deep dive into like, what are your fears? Okay. Well, this is the life you have. This is the life you want. But what are the fears that are getting in the way of you having that? Yeah, because yeah. the truth is, is that if we don't have what we desire, right? It yeah. usually means fear is acting like a rubber band. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And we, 85% of our thoughts are unconscious, happen in the subconscious, right? And they've done studies that have shown that 75% of those subconscious thoughts are negative. Right. Right. Um, so third step is uh, working on that fear, working with that fear, moving through that fear. The fourth step is kind of a turning point on the journey. We get to a point of appreciation of like, whoa, 
this is why everything has happened in my life to get me here. All the good, all the bad, all the heartache, right? We work through the fears and we start to see hope. And then in order to move forward, we have to honor where we've been. And so, so much about the fourth step is about appreciation for our path and everything and everyone that has led us to this point where we get to do it differently. Yeah. The fifth sacred step is action. At this point, notice, not step one, two, three, or four. Right. Five, we're ready for action. Yeah. And we usually want to push action to the beginning. We become aware of something and then we want to take action. But there's so many steps in between that are there for us to learn and grow. And so we start planting seeds. And we talk a lot about the difference between inspired action and forced action. Yes. And the masculine way of acting and the feminine way of acting. So, you know, we really explore what it means to take aligned action based on the divine directives we receive. Okay. And then the last one, which is the best and (laughs) the hardest, and usually the one that we're in the longest Mm. is allowing, Mm. learning to allow life. We get clear on what we want, on why we want it. We take action and then we let go. And we really learn to develop this kind of relationship with life. And I say life with a capital L for some people that spirit, God, the universe, the divine, like for me, it's life. It's, we learn to develop this relationship and trust that life is doing for us what we can't always do for ourselves. And we learn how to trust that and let go of control so that life can bring us what we want or better than what we want. Mm. So those are the six steps. I love that. And I just want to encourage you, if you have a question for Julie, you can go ahead and put it in the comments or those of you that are on Zoom in the chat. I would love to hear your questions. We can bring a few questions in here before we wrap. Okay. So I have a question. This is kind of a uh, juicy question for you. Okay. 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 A little bit provocative. Maybe I'll say, okay. So I feel like, and especially in the coaching, self-help, self-development, personal growth, spiritual growth world, there's been so much of a conversation about race, about, um, you know, spiritual white women and how we have a tendency to not notice our own privilege. And as I was like listening to your six steps, I was really thinking about a woman of color that might be listening to this right now that might be in different circumstances or anybody really, whether you're a woman of color or maybe you're gender fluid or whatever it is, but somebody that is in a, you know, a minority community in some way, shape or form. And like when you get into that place of acknowledgement and like what's working, what's not working, some of that, what's not working can be huge external things like discrimination, racism, feeling like you can't get ahead because of the color of your skin or your, um, or your sexual, sexual preference or your sexuality or what have you. And it's like, I feel like it's something that is so important for us to address and for us to talk about. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, sweetheart, about where you land on that. Because I know that sometimes, you know, we take the stuff out of our closet, we unpack it and it's lighter stuff. And it's stuff where, especially being a white woman of privilege myself, I know that what is on the what works and what doesn't is probably very different than someone who is facing discrimination on a daily basis. Yeah. So talk about that yeah. for a little bit, hon. I know. It's yeah, that's a, yeah. I mean, it's a great question. And I'm just, I'm really just going to answer from, from my heart um, here, yeah. which is, um, 
you know, the first thing I have to acknowledge is that I don't know Mm. what I don't know. Right. That is, I think the starting point, you know, I mean, I am, I am, you know, three quarters Middle Eastern, right. But I look like a white woman. Right. Right. So I don't know what I don't know Yeah, about what it is like for a woman of color or a man of color to go through this world with such systemic yeah. um, racism yeah. and um, systemic blocks. Right. Fully expressed. Yes. I don't know in my own being what that's like. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. But here's what I can say is that we're at, what I know is that we are all at a point where we're, the, 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 the veils have been lifted. Yes. If we're awake and, and having this conversation, the veils have been lifted. And I yes. think for me, the truest thing that I can acknowledge and humble myself to say is teach me mm. what I don't know. Yeah. Teach me what I don't know. Yeah. And what I would say about this is I think that in every spiritual path or journey, there's a point when we have to be willing to ground it in the practical material Mm. world. Yeah. Okay. So what I mean by that in this moment is if I do this like light fairy, like pray and do this work. Right. And all of that, like, yes, that is one side of the coin. Yeah. And the other side of the coin is then get to work. Yeah. Get to work. Right. And for, for many of us getting to work, maybe doing our own internal work to dismantle the racism, the judgment, the separation we have inside of ourselves first so that then that can spill over into our families and our communities right for some of us that means we pick up the sword in some different way or the light whatever that may be the lantern whatever that may be and it may means mean we enter into communities and we you know take action in ways that aren't as internal they're external right First and foremost, fundamentally, no matter who we are, we have to work through the fear and the judgment and everything that has been built up on the inside first. Yeah. Then working through anger and separation and rage and all of it. And there's room for all of it, right? And then at some point when we've burned through enough of our own stuff, yeah. right, then we take it out into the world. And so much of this book is about knowing why your path has been your path. Yes. So that then you can share your message with the world. I can't speak on systemic racism in the same way that a woman of color can. Yeah. Not my part to do in the same way as it may be for a woman of color. Yeah. So knowing that each of us has a path and a message and medicine And the only way we can do that in a way that is really in alignment with our hearts and our souls and our truth is starting on on the inner plane first and then getting to work on the systems and everything else from the outside. 
but I still believe no matter what it is an inner job. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like there is just, there's so many important conversations right now. And I know for me, I've been, you know, doing so much to educate myself yeah. as much as I can. And I feel like I'm still, you know, in grade school around yeah. this topic. Yeah. And yeah. I think that what I love about your six sacred steps is it's not about spiritually bypassing. No, it's not about, we're just going to go into love and light and thoughts and prayers and da, 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 and just ignore what's going on in the outside world and not make any difference. It's actually not that at all. The first step is acknowledgement. It's about like your process and who you be in the world, Julie's quote unquote, right? But how you walk in the world and how I know you is you are a truth teller. You are a woman that is about people telling the truth that is about people telling the truth about what's going on inside of them and also about telling the truth of what's going on in the world and being able to then come out into the world and do those inspired actions so that we can really make a difference. Because I know you and I both want to see (laughs) massive changes in the systems that are in place right now that hold women down in general, that hold people of color down, that hold people that are gender non-conforming down, that hold so many different groups of people down. And so, uh, you know, I always say that I I feel like the biggest thing holding women back is self-bullying. And the reason that I say that is because it's not until we have that courage and confidence within ourselves that we can actually make a difference and we can take down these systems that so need to be taken down. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we have a question here. Thank you so much for going on that journey with me, everyone. So appreciate it, Julie. Um, Okay. So um, Christine says, okay, what if all the nice empathetic people do their inner stuff, work through their fears, but psychopathic people just don't give a shit? (laughs) Good question, Christine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, like psychopathic people, like we could could replace (laughs) that word with a lot of different words. We could even take that like parentheses in that word and just say, there will be some people who don't give a shit. That's right. right. And yeah. so I mean, and especially people, by the way, that are afraid of losing power absolutely. in some way. And when I say that, I mean, people who are at the top of the top yeah. that are benefiting so much from so many of these systems of oppression and also people in your own life that yeah. stand to have something to lose for you to be connected to your truth. Absolutely. Because guess what? When you finally start speaking your truth, that can be really effing inconvenient for a lot of people in your life. Right? <laughs> My husband's yeah. doing like this incredible inner work and I'm like, I am so proud of you. And it's incredibly inconvenient for me. <laughs> right? yes. So it's it like on all levels that could happen. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, you just, you just, you just said it, right? It's not convenient. There will be people who will not like it when you change. And when you stop people pleasing, People won't be pleased. Like, that's that's just what happens. (laughs) Wait, I just have to put that as a quote. Lucy, will you put that in the comments below? When you stop people pleasing, people won't be pleased. I've never heard it said that way. Is that yours, babe? It's great. I think I've heard it from somewhere. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Yes. When you stop people pleasing, people aren't pleased. Okay. So. Okay. So Christine and to anyone who was ever like, Oh my God, well, what if I do all this work and then, um, all these other people get in my way. Okay, great. So first and foremost on this journey of life, we have one responsibility 
I mean, really, the primary responsibility we have is to ourselves, period. It is. Now, Amy, you may disagree with that from a mother perspective because I know that changes, but I would still say you do a tremendous job of putting your self-care and your own stuff right first. Well, well, yeah. And I think what I've really learned is when I don't, I'm a way worse mom <laughs> because then I'm just at my limit over and over and over again. I was just talking to a friend that has a newer baby and about sleep stuff. And I was like, what I really realized is that if I was exhausted, cause I was up nursing my baby 17 yeah. times a night after right. the first three months that I was going to be a really bad mom because I was <laughs> going to be just terrible. So it's, right. yeah, it actually takes that prioritization yeah. very consciously. Absolutely. Yeah. So putting yourself first means keeping the focus on yourself. And it means saying, okay, I'm doing this work and no one may like it. Yeah. I may risk lose, losing friends or partners or family. I don't know. Yeah. Right. But I choose, I choose to focus on where I'm going. And if there's any noise right? Or any doubt or any kind of pressures that feel like they're being put on you by other people, you get to choose not to listen to them. Here's the deal. People will always reflect our own insecurities and fears. So when I was going to quit my job, I can't tell you how many people were like, how are you going to make money? Are you sure this is a good decision? And it's because deep down, I was afraid of that too, right? And then when I worked through my own fears around that, people stopped mirroring that fear. They stopped saying that. So as we continue to keep the focus on ourselves, right, there will be people who don't care. And your job as much as possible is to practice not caring. One of my favorite sayings in the whole world is what other people think of you is none of your business. Yes. It is none of your business. If you are living in integrity and doing your work, and you, um, then what other people think of you is none of your business. And Christine, the last thing I'll say about this is it is really important to have your people close to you. Having a tribe of women, having coaches, having teachers, having people who will remind you of what you're doing and why you're doing it when other people doubt it is really, really important. Yeah. Well, and when you look at this on a global scale, when you look at this on a political scale, even we look at something like the women's March, when you look at something like what just happened with all of the gun reform stuff and the March that happened there and different laws that were put in place because of that, as we become more awake, as we step more into speaking our truth and understanding what matters, and we band together as saying, you believe that matters too? Yeah. let's, let's do this. I mean, there's so many incredible organizations that are doing that right now yeah. and find your people when it comes to that too. When yeah. you know that that's your truth and that that's, what's important to you. It's about joining together with others to then create a movement mm-hmm. so that we can create an actual movement that will make a difference on a global scale on, you know, a national scale, even yeah. in your local community scale. Yeah. So important that organizing. Yeah. And I really want to highlight something, Amy, that, you know, I've said it and you've said it a couple of times and I just really want to highlight this because this is what we're doing, um, in our work. And this is what awakening is about. Like, I want to be really clear that this isn't just about you. Mm. This, we do this work, right? We do the inner work 
to clear out our, to clear our stuff out. It's like, we just take this like little scrubby on the inside and we kind of just like scrub ourselves. And then in that process, we become women and men who feel like they are confident and strong and clear and have healed enough to then help others heal. Yeah. So I just really want to just highlight this piece of like, we do this inner work so that we can then, right, be the confident leaders to band together to change the world. Like this isn't like us doing this, you know, I mean, if, 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 if it happens and it's, you don't have to have a big message, you don't have to do the marches, you don't have to be a coach, you don't have to do any of that. It may just mean you then change the way the dynamic in your family is, and then you impact your children, and then maybe you have an interaction with somebody in your community. So I just, this is the ripple and this is why we do the inner work. So it ripples to the outer. Um, I just really want to just like point that out again, because it just feels like this is why we're doing it. Yeah, well, and it's it's that fifth step of action and really taking that inspired action. And when we take it from that clean, clear space where it's not fear-based, but it's actually from like inspiration, it's from vision, it's from this, then it's like, yes, that is what can make the hugest difference in the whole world. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The name of the book, everyone, is Awaken. This Mm -hmm. is the amazing Julie Santiago. You can receive your copy. And like I always say, get three copies, one for a friend and one for someone that you can surprise gift them to. You can go to juliesantiago.com forward slash book. It's really hot off the presses. It's just been out for a couple of weeks now. It is a glorious book filled with personal stories, client stories, and these six sacred steps so that you can actually take yourself through this process that Julie has taken dozens of clients through over the years and really awaken even more in yourself and be even more of a light in the world, which we so desperately need right now. So with that, Julie, I want to close our conversation here on the Amy Ehlers show with a question that I like to ask all my guests, which is what's messy and what's magical about your life right now? (laughs) that's such a good question Um, (laughs) what's messy Um, you know it's interesting that my physical space is messy we just moved into this house six months ago and I haven't fully grounded here Um, so my physical space feels messy I haven't landed in this place yet And so what feels messy is physical space. What also feels a little messy is what's next. You know, I mean, maybe we've talked about this, like what's really next in my work and just giving myself space just to let this be. So it's a little messy just because my mind wants to understand it, but I just don't know yet. And so being in that messy middle, as our friend Jada says, being in the messy middle um, of just, you know, I've just birthed this book and I'm not exactly sure what's next. Um, and then what's magical? Yeah. It's magical. Yeah. Um, oh, my relationship with my husband feels really magical right now. Yeah. Um, it feels really, um, we've done a lot of work. Yeah. It feels like a really, really big gift. Um, and um, I think friendships feel very magical too. It's really the relationships in my life that feel magical. And that's such a result of inner work. You know, but I feel really worthy to receive love and and to be in relationships with people like you, Amy. (laughs) 
<laughs> who are just so uh, loving. So yeah, magical relationships um, are very real right now. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether live with us on Facebook or on Zoom or listening to this recording later or on iTunes. I just, a deep bow of gratitude for tuning in to the Amy Ayler Show. You can find us at amyaylorshow.com and also on iTunes, you can search for Amy Ayler Show. And if you've enjoyed this episode, check out all the episodes. There's over a hundred episodes here in the archives. And um, as always, the biggest compliment you can give me is to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so that more and more women who are ready to release self-bullying and really wake up to their inner wisdom can find The Amy Ayler Show. I am so honored that you're here with me week after week, month after month, and I'm sending you off with so much love. Thank you. Much love, everyone. Bye.